Yeah, like Olivia, you had the... Who, who was that cleaning in the background of the last yeah, one? The, the drop oh, my plate. God. <laughs> but but it's nice because like the audio is all separate tracks. So I was able just to mute your track, you know. I was like, you know, every I'm usually here in this building. And that day, like, the office wasn't available or something. And so I did it in my clubhouse in, in my apartment where we're living. And there's never anybody in there. Oh. It's this beautiful <laughs> clubhouse. And I'll be damned if that I doesn't come in and start vacuuming. I'm like, seriously? I, so I'm like I, I, I thought him, I that was uh, see him, but I was telling him I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Out of here. <laughs> you were <laughs> telling him with your eyes. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I told I him could, with my hands I could too. feel that. <laughs> oh, I was I, I wasn't sure if that was Anthony. I'm like, wow, he's a really no. handy guy around the house. <laughs> <Look>. <laughs> no, if it was Anthony, I would have thrown my mic at him. <laughs> it's another Friday. This week I did it my way. I made lots of juice and now I feel a boost. Baby say, oh, it's the way I make my juice. Pressing fruits and roots. This week I did it my way. Baby say, oh, now let's have some fun. There is nothing greater than Friday's act of nature. Woo, woo, woo. Lost my show notes. <laughs> What's up, my juice lovers? Oh. Wait, I forgot the drum roll. Welcome to Good Nature Radio. The man, I am so unorganized today. Welcome to Good Nature Radio. <laughs> this is your host, Charlie Wetlawford, joined by my esteemed co-host, Chef Ari Sexner, the number one juice business consultant in the world, author of The Juicing Companion, and of course, the amazing Olivia Esquivel, founder and owner of Southern Press Juicery, one of the top juice bars. In the nation, which means one of the top juice bars in the world, because everybody knows <laughs> the U.S. has the best juice bars. USA, <laughs> USA. Um, sorry, I'm in the American spirit. We're driving around today, and my neighborhood put up all these American flags. I guess for Thanksgiving or something. For the but... world? No, for the World Cup, Charlie. Oh, is that what it's for? I yeah, they just announced the all the rosters yesterday. The final rosters. I don't know. I don't follow sports. Oh, time Charlie, for, I don't have time it for is that. Texas, though. I know exactly. Yeah. You better follow be sports if you're going to be in. Well, it's a weekend. Put up the flags. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's just every time someone does talk about sports, I awkwardly like just leave the conversation. <laughs> um, all right, and of course the Wildcrafted Collection. Olivia, we—I don't think we've talked about the Wildcrafted Collection this whole time we've been yeah. doing this podcast. We should talk yeah, about. Yeah, so Wildcrafted Collection mm-hmm. is uh, my group of adaptogens that. Um, I developed within Southern Press Juicery. So it's under the Southern Press Juicery brand. And again, just another example of, of, of a way to diversify your portfolio. If you've got, um, you know, like that's what a lot of restaurants are talking about right now is how can we really get sales from something other than people just walking through the door. And that's what Wildcrafted was for me. Um, so it's a group of adaptogens, mushrooms and herbs that we blend in-house in a powdered form, um, and it's it's included in all of our lattes if you order a latte at our restaurant. But we also um, wholesale it to, to other restaurants and juice bars and spas, and then you can also buy it just retail online or in the stores. But um, we've got one for brain, beauty, and energy, and then we have three new launching. I could, I could maybe announce here what they are. I haven't oh, sweet. announced Do them, it. but yeah. Announcement, so announcement, got- announcement. We've got, let's hope I remember it right. We've got one for sleep, one for calm, and one for sex. So those Ooh. three are coming out. Yeah. yeah. What's in the and, sex um, one? Like horny goat weed or something? 
Yes. How did you know, you freak? Uh, don't I don't, don't take them all at the same time, right? <laughs> yes. You do not want to be calm, sleepy, and having sex all at the same time. Um, yeah. So horny goat weed is where it's at. But um, but they're all sort of like power blends. You know, like one of my problems with adaptogens just as a consumer is sometimes I'll go into Whole Foods or like a natural foods um, store. And a lot of times they sell them like single unit, right? Like you can go in and buy ashwagandha and you can find like 15 different brands to sell ashwagandha. But I feel like the industry does a really poor job of explaining what all of these mushrooms and herbs that have been used for, you know, 10,000 years really do for you. So for me, that's sort of what I did. I like, um, famously, like everybody always makes me tell this story, but I sat at my register with a sticky note and would just take down notes of things that people were feeling, right? Like, foggy brain or stress or high anxiety or, you know, um, dip in libido and all these things. And so I categorized them and then started creating the blends that would help um, for how people were reacting to, to high cortisol level, levels or stress. So that's how Wildcraft was born. Sweet. Yeah. Um, I just want to plug the Good Nature blog for a second. Robin Fry, our marketing manager, kind of my right hand yeah, the company did a great series on adaptogens. If anybody wants to check it out, she did. Yes. Done a research. She went in the went in the woods and picked mushrooms, and she did a bunch of really, really good research for it. So yeah, she um, got real involved. She learned a lot. Yeah, I always That's rely awesome. on her for a lot of questions on that. Yeah, we should have her come on come on one episode and talk about that. That'd be cool. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Good Nature, the world leader in commercial cold press juicers and juice business consulting, 100% family-owned business, as you guys just witnessed with my dad here. It's founded by, in 1976 by my dad, Dale Wetlaufer. If you'd like to send us a comment or question by leaving us a voice message to play on the air, head over to goodnature.com slash radio. It's also where you can request a free 30-minute consultation with Ari and or Olivia um, to chat with them about challenges in your business or possible consulting services. And and also you can join us on the Good Nature Juicing Facebook group. You can just search for that in Facebook. It is a private group, but uh, just request access. We will let you in. As long as you're nice, we will let you stay. All right. So for the show this week, we've got... Uh, some exciting news that you serve here is relaunching. We'll talk about that. Um, and we have a voicemail asking about the Juice Makers Associations, and we'll talk a bit about that. Um, and then before we get into that, I just wanted to chat a minute about the new consulting packages we sent an email out about this week. Um, Ari, maybe you can start first. Can you give a quick overview of the package, what it includes, and the price and everything? Yeah, it's so it's a uh, $1,000 package, $9.99, and it's <laughs> a seasonal refresh package. And what that means is basically it's, it's creating recipes for the upcoming season, winter. You could use that later for spring, fall, but it helps you get a jump start. Uh, best thing about it, in my opinion, is we create custom recipes for your operation. So we could actually use your current inventory and create the recipes based on that. So you don't have to source a bunch of different new uh, SKUs or source a bunch of different products to bring in. Uh, but we'll create something that works with your style of recipe. And uh, 
yeah, develop it for you, run the tests, figure out how much produce you'll need to make a bottle. You could use it for, typically people will use it for a seasonal juice smoothie and shot, uh, but it'll, it'll come with three custom recipes and you can break it down any way you'd like. Very nice. Yeah. And Ari, I've seen the work you do. Ari does a lot of testing for each and every recipe. Never, no two recipes are ever the same. Everything's hundred percent unique to you and your business. And Olivia, maybe you can give an overview of your package. Yeah. So, um, I'm doing a holiday cleanse package. It's, um, $1,499. I feel like I'm on the prices, right? One <laughs> dollar. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, mine is, um, you know, kind of piggybacks on Chef Ari's in terms of what's really you should be focusing on for the new holiday season. It's it's really a time to revamp your juice bar um, or your at-home business. And this is, you know, calendar year is coming to an end. So this is the time to really try to bring in some top-line sales. And, um, you know, you're, at least for me and my business, um, the January, February, and March tend to be the slowest months in juice bars. So right now, what you're trying to do is really trying to bring in as many cash sales as you can. The best way to do that is with a cleanse package. The best way to do even a cleanse package is to piggyback on holiday sales. So we do a really successful post-Thanksgiving holiday cleanse um, that I can help you with as well as a New Year's cleanse. But basically, the package includes helping you pick um, six juices if you need help with that that um, are already on your menu or maybe tweaking them if need be with Chef Ari to create um, an appropriate cleanse package where your client would be able to maintain their daily activities um, and sustain themselves with those ideally six juices or a nut milk in there. Um, so basically identifying the six juices that we want to promote, packaging the product, creating a name for it, um, making sure it's priced right, making sure it's branded right, um, help you with which days you should be taking orders for them, which days you should be producing, which days should be delivery and pickup. Um, cause a lot of people make mistakes in those three areas and it, turns out to be, it can be a cluster if you're not doing it right. So this, this is a way if you do it, that will bring in a ton of new clients. So you just want to make sure you can deliver on the back end and that you're getting them the dates that they need and the juices, um, are, you know, as fresh as possible for them. So it's really just kind of like an all in one package and it's information that you would, you would take with you further, right? Like, so obviously hopefully you make that in sales, but this is how your cleanse program should be structured all the time. So it's, it's information you should be taking forward through your New Year's cleanses, back to school cleanses, spring break, all of that. Awesome. Uh, so if you want more information on that, go to goodnature.com slash radio and fill out the quick form there and uh, they will give you a call. All right. So some juice industry news. Juice Serve here is once against, once again, announced their return. Six days ago. Um, juice served here.com is the juice that keeps on giving. <laughs> juice served here.com is back. We're bringing the juice to you. Free shipping, link in bio. So, what's funny about this, if you look at their Instagram, and I actually had to review the old blog articles I wrote to remember the history. Um, but basically, all right, so they were founded. In 2014, uh, I think they raised some seed funding, like $700,000 or something. 
opened the first store. The Extreme is successful. Alex Matthews and Greg Alderman. Um, I don't know Greg. I, I know Alex Matthews a little bit. We've had a couple conversations. Um, we're partners on this, and Alex was the CEO, and he came from the fashion industry branding background. Really, really good marketer. If you guys remember, they had like the black branded juice trucks driving around LA to drop off juice and their, their business model was they made raw glass bottle juice and then sold it in their store. And it was extremely successful. It was right around when the juice cleanse trend was really taking form and there's celebrities all over the place getting pictures taken with juice surfer bags and a couple of other companies. Um, and then in 20, in 2014, they raised over $10 million from investors. So this was this is public information on the SEC website from filings I found. So they raised $10 million in funding. They opened nine stores within a year in LA. There were these beautiful, amazing stores, beautifully branded, big stores in super sort of high traffic, expensive areas of LA. But then right as they started to open those stores, the juice cleanse trend kind of started to die. And so then uh, in 2017, they announced they were closing down. And basically, that was right after they launched the HPP brand. Olivia, my saying, HPP is where the juice bars go to die. This is one of those examples <laughs> where it's like they, <laughs> they went, uh, they had raw glass bottle juice. And then I think HPP, though, was kind of tried to try to rescue the company, but it didn't work. Alex Matthews made this statement on their website, and um, they were gone. And then in 2019, in July, I wrote an article, Juice Served Here is returning as a wholesale beverage brand. They announced on their Instagram, I'll pull their Instagram back up. <laughs> Just so funny. Finally, we're back. So... But you look, this was 56 weeks ago, okay? <laughs> so, so this, wasn't, this wasn't even the 2019 announcement. Hold on. It's just oh so gosh. crazy. That Hold was on. a 2021 announcement. Okay, here we go. 171 weeks ago. Juice Served Here is back this fall, okay? So this was 2019 by Greg Alderman. I think, I think he retained the IP uh, somehow after the company went under or something. And then he announced they were, so that was 171 weeks ago. And then nothing, everyone, there's like 200 comments. Where can I buy it? Where can I buy it? How can we order it? And then 56 weeks ago. So that's 120 weeks later. Finally, we're back. <laughs> and then nothing. And then they announced something about their lemonade, but everyone's like, where can we buy it? This was 34 <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> and then six days ago. We're back, and we're bringing the juice to you. Free shipping, link in bio. Um, so I don't know what's going on. They made three different announcements of returning. Looks like this time they're actually serious. They have uh, a new e-commerce website up, which looks pretty nice. And, you know, it's HPP delivery juice. This is becoming very common these days. There's, uh, I'm starting to see more and more. I don't know if you guys... Witnesses, but more and more of these like direct to consumer HPP brands on Instagram. Well, I mean, it's definitely, and I, I think that's, 
you know, there's obviously two ways to go. You either sell direct to your consumer because everybody is freaking buying their toilet paper even on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Or you have a local successful juice bar that people really appreciate and want to support because it's local, you know? Um, I think that this whole game of trying to get into Whole Foods and trying to get into these big box stores, it's just been so difficult. Um, and, you know, due to COVID, I think everybody, a lot of people have just relied on getting their groceries on the front doorstep and getting, you know, everything directly to them. And so obviously it does allow for lower overhead, no rent, no staff, you know, I mean, there's, there's something to that, right? Um, but I don't want that to discourage people from opening local juice bars, because I can say, first and foremost, that um, a lot of local juice bars are thriving, um, particularly even during COVID, where other places were shutting down, because I think consumers are so worried about losing their local places. And it's we've just got a different generation now that's so focused on shop, shopping local that lucky for us, um, you know, even at, in the worst of times, we're seeing an upswing in sales just because people are so hell-bent on supporting your local shop. So don't be discouraged when you're seeing a lot of these people go direct to consumer, um, because I still think there's a very special place for the, cor- you know, the shop on the corner. For sure. It definitely feels like two completely separate markets, you know, but it's a great thing for growth, you know, that the, the industry in general is kind of adapting to fit people's needs. You know, HPP juice is available when raw juice isn't or can't exactly. make it at home. Uh, it's a great thing. I, I'm, I'm glad and hopefully they're able to come back. They're one of the kind of old school juice places. Cause I always see that's crazy. I've, I think they were one of the first ones that really had really unique recipes mm-hmm. on, uh, you know, and cause I see so many people kind of replicate those exact recipes. More so often many, than any other so place. many, yeah. yeah. You know, especially with, cause they had a lot of really unique ingredients, you know, some stuff that was really far out there. I believe they had like different kinds of clays and stuff and uh all, yeah. all the time you'll you'll see a juice menu and it will pop up and even that style you know they did a great job with uh their overall aesthetics you know especially having those numbers for the juice as well as the name what's in it it's really clean and straightforward so they did a great job yeah I totally agree this is what i wrote in the uh 2017 article Surf here had what many considered the best branding in the beverage industry. Many things made their brand unique. Their simple yet powerful glass milk bottle with the white cap, the numbered recipes displayed as square tiles in their stores, and nobody will ever forget the first time they saw one of their black, painted black milk trucks hustling through L.A. en route to deliver a few cases of juice. Truly, never conventional as their slogan stated, due to their creative founder and CEO Alex Matthews who came into the beverage industry with roots in the fashion industry. The branding quickly became so popular in California that it's been imitated and sometimes even copied all over the world in dozens of other juice companies. I even know of one brand that uses the slogan, always unconventional. Because their, their slogan was never conventional. And there was this brand, I think in Nevada, it was always unconventional. I'm like, dude, are you even trying? Yeah, it was like so ridiculous. I felt like I've tried their juice because I've been to that place. I yeah. That oh, I was just going to say, I, I was just looking at their Instagram. And uh, I don't know if you saw this, but they have a story that just was put up, you know, I guess it's probably about to expire, but it says, let us private label some juice. 
Serve oh, here for your company so your employees can thrive in health, 1,200 unit minimum. Um, so I, I just happened to see that private and then I click on it. That was the story. Um, mm. private labeled, especially for revolve clothing. Let us do a special makeup, special label for your juice, 1200 unit minimum, you know, which, which might, it, it, it sounds like it's a private label for customers. Like, um, Charlie, you probably see this a lot in Austin when South by Southwest comes in and they, or, you know, ACL and they basically buy out space in these local places and they private label like, so, you know, Nike will come in and they'll rent out a place. It sounds like it's more of that kind of thing versus like a, a Southern Press Juicery hiring them to create a private label because it looks like they did a juice label for Revolve clothing. So it's yeah. still branded um, their own, ju- you know. Yeah, it's juice. weird. It doesn't really seem like a private label. It's it's like, seems- yeah, I think they miss. I think it's a misnomer. It's really like a co-brand. Yeah, because um, it still says juice served here yeah. right on the label. Right. Hmm. Yeah, I just saw that. And that's why I clicked on it. But now as I'm kind of digging into it more, I think it's not really private labeled. It's more of a co-brand, um, which I do, you know, like uh, certain big companies will come in like BMW is headquartered here in Michelin. And so we'll do a co-brand for them. We do it for colleges. Um, so that's a good idea. I, I For a second, I thought that they were private labeling juice, like I could hire them to make juice and put my my name on it, which I don't think is the case. Maybe they'll do custom recipes if you order 1,200 bottles and then let you put your logo on the yeah. label or something. I don't know. It says they're in a 100% non-GMO cold pressed in a zero waste facility, which I know we've talked about before. It's still using the we are never conventional tagline. That's kind of odd verbiage though. Yeah, it is. Non-GMO. Yeah. Right. And the yeah. zero waste facility. Wait, does it say organic or just... Does it say organic or just non-GMO? Oh, certified it, organic. Uh, yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah, it does say that also. I mean, honestly, all these brands are probably coming from the same place, like the Clean Juice brand and this brand and, and everything. And Co-Packer. Yeah. 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 Um, and by the way, I do not have any inside information. I'm just, just my opinion. I don't want anyone to freak out and say I'm like divulging our customers confidential information or something. But yeah, and I know Alex now, he he's he's launched another beverage brand since then, some canned beverage. I forget what it is mm. exactly. And he's running a marketing firm, opening a cafe. Like he's very busy doing all kinds of stuff. I think he's a really, really good marketing guy. And yeah, the juice served here, like the number juices and everything, that was copied so much. I mean, I would go to other countries and just see a straight up copy of Juice Served Here. It'd have some different name, but like you walk into the juice bar and they have the squares on the wall with the numbers, and then they have the milk trucks painted their brand color. Um, it was very, very inspirational to a lot of other juice companies. Um, yeah, I mean, that was weird because some of these say that some of these say they're perishable. So I don't know if they're... Well, they're all perishable. You know, I mean, H, from, everything's right. perishable. Yeah. Sure. It's just more of that like label talk to... Yeah. I mean, even HPP stuff is perishable. It just has like a 30 to 45 day shelf sure. life. You know. Right. Recycle bottles, it says at the bottom. It doesn't say recycled. It, it, looks recycled. Like they've, it looks like they've kind of gotten away on some of these from the numbers. At least in their lemonades, I'm not seeing like the whole number anymore. But it'll be interested to see, you know, are they going to be shipping in oh, glass cold bottles? Oh, cold pressed lemonade. Still? Oh yeah, it's like a line of lemonades. It looks like 
Is this look? Yeah. Does this look like a glass bottle to you? No, ab- absolutely not. Right. Okay, so they're moving to a plastic bottle. I mean, it, interesting. If if it is glass, I'd be very surprised because. Right. You can't HPP mm. bottled glass, but. Right. Oh, right. Duh. Yeah, I mean, you can. So they have these new. I think Hyperbaric makes these new HPP machines where you can put barrels in, like these big plastic mm-hmm. barrels and HPP the barrel of the stuff. Um, right, and then transfer it. But I don't know what you can do with it then. Like, can you open the barrel to pour into bottles or does that ruin the whole process? You might have to uh, right. just ship the barrel to wherever it's going. So I've, I've yet to see an HPP mm-hmm. juice in a glass bottle. All right, we've got a voicemail here. Hey guys, this is Jackie from Green Vita in Easton, PA. Whatever happened with Juice Makers Association? I thought this would be a good resource to help educate our customers about raw juice and our industry. Can Good Nature offer PDFs or templates juice bars like us can use to educate our customers about raw juice and the false marketing that some HPP juice companies are using? Thanks for a great podcast. All right. Well, thank you for the voicemail. Um, yeah, I can give a quick rundown of the JMA story here. So my brother and I run in good nature. We get very frustrated on seeing companies that are taking shortcuts in the juice industry kind of lie or mislead about what they're doing because our customers using good nature juice presses and making juice, whether it's raw or then they're HPPing it, you know, they're doing it the hard way and it has higher nutrients and tastes better and um, the other benefits of true cold pressed juice. Then we see other brands that aren't doing that or they're like adding preservatives or they're heat pasteurizing or doing this other stuff and just misleading about it on the label. Um, And then someone walks into your juice bar and they don't understand why, why would I ever pay $8, $9, $10 for a juice when I can buy cold press juice at 7-Eleven for $2.99. For example, there is a brand of juice. I don't know if it's still for sale. I haven't been to 7-Eleven in a while, but they had these like 20 ounce, 20 ounce glass bottles, juices with like one of those snap-o lids where you twist it and it pops. Uh, said cold pressed juice, uh, and it was like two dollars and ninety nine cents. And you look on the label; it's made in Turkey, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Then shipped all the way to the U.S. and put in Seven Eleven on the shelf, and they're calling it cold pressed juice. And then you drink it, and there's literally like chunks of fruit and vegetable in it because it's clearly not cold press. Um. And the fact that it has a lid that pops like that means it was heat pasteurized. That's why, like when you hot fill a bottle with hot liquid and put one of those caps on, it sucks down the lid when it cools. And then uh, that's what makes it pop when you open it. So, you know, it's heat pasteurized. It's not cold press. And some people I follow are like, look, I found cold press shoes at 7-Eleven for $2.99. And so that kind of stuff drives us crazy. So... We're like, look, we need to start like an association of good nature customers, something separate from good nature, the nonprofit, all of our customers can work together on creating like educational materials and labeling guidelines 
so that we can all agree to be honest on our labels and how we're going to educate our customers and everything. So we presented this idea at JuiceCon 2018. It's just like an idea. And we got a standing ovation. People are super excited about it. But we're like, all right, look, we need people to volunteer to help run this thing. Like, we don't want this to be a good nature company. We want this to be an association of our customers, you know. Um, but we'll fund it to get it started. I think we announced there we're going to fund it. I can't remember if it was ten dollars or $20,000 to get things rolling and pay the lawyers to start the nonprofit and everything. Um, we got a really good response. So then at JuiceCon 2019, I had assembled a team of people that said they run this thing. Somebody said they would be the president of the association and a few other people all took different aspects of what they're going to do with the business. Um, so we launched it. A bunch of people signed up and gave the association the money that went into the nonprofit. Whether well, there's like three hundred or $700,000. I think it's depending on the size of the business. Got like 65 companies to sign up, if my memory serves me correctly. So then um, I hired someone to work on the website. First, he said he'd do it for free. Then he said it'd be $5,000. He said it would take three weeks, ended up taking like eight months. And um, so that didn't go well. And then the person that said they were going to run it said they changed their mind and they were getting on the juice industry. So then it kind of fell back on my shoulders. Um, then we tried to launch the website, had some problems. So I ended up having to fix a bunch of stuff. And then people were complaining the website didn't work. So we're doing, it ended up being me and Robin, basically like customer service, running this association. I was back running it again because the president quit. And then somebody else said they would step up as interim president um, and he made some posts on the community forums and tried to get some people to volunteer to help form these committees. We got like one reply or something from all the members of the association. So then, you know, he didn't feel incentivized to keep running it. It wasn't worth his time is the feeling I got, which I agree. I mean, you're running your own business. So then it fell back on my shoulders again. And then, you know, everyone wanted what the association was trying to do but after two years of trying to get people to actually do it i i kind of gave up so the association's sitting there it's still active the money's still in the account the only money we spent was on the website and the lawyers to um and accountants like with the file taxes every year and stuff but i don't know how much is in the account so all the money minus like maybe five or ten thousand dollars something so there might be twenty or thirty thousand dollars in the account and uh so basically, it came to a point where I'm like, look, if Good Nature is going to be doing all the work, then I'm just going to do it at Good Nature. Then I could just use my team. I can actually tell people to do things instead of just like trying to get people to volunteer and then they don't really do it. And then there's an awkward thing where it's like, hey, you said you were going to do this and then you didn't do it, but they don't really work for me. So I can't really like do anything about it. And I'll say it was just kind of a frustrating experience. I probably spent a couple hundred hours of my time on it. Robin spent not as much as I did, but probably pretty close to that. And then, um, so, so then I'm like, okay, we'll just have good nature, do everything the JMA said they were going to do. We won't charge anybody for it. So you won't have to be part of an association. We'll do all the work. We won't need volunteers. So that's basically what I'm trying to do. That's basically where this podcast came from. I mean, one of the things of the association people said they wanted was like a, a weekly or monthly sort of 
podcasts where members of the association would talk about things going on in the industry and everything. And then, uh, so that's basically what this is. Educational materials that she's asking about. So we do have, if you go to the Good Nature website and go to shop, go to printed items, we do have these uh, different sizes of these cold pressed juice versus regular juice. We have like um, signs, we have posters, we have postcards, we have table tents that stand up on your table. So we do have some educational materials. We could definitely make more. I'd love to hear some feedback from Ari and Olivia. Like what would be good? Or maybe Olivia, like what do you actually use in your juice bar to explain to people what the difference is between the juice you make and maybe some other cheaper juice they find at the store. Yeah. So I have an infographic on all of my walls that we call it like the Southern press juicery math, you know, when we're talking about materials and, and graphic design, but it basically talks about, it has like a little drawn picture of a press and it talks about, you know, how many pounds of produce go in each press and end up in each bottles. So we talk about that. You know, we have a clear window into the back of the house so people can see us using the X1. Um, and and we do just do a lot of explaining um, to the guest about the different processes. You know, there's so many different things out there. Like I get, you know, there's there's other juice bars out there and totally fine if this is your brand. I don't do this, but they put smoothies in bottles or they make a thicker juice and they call it a smoothie, but then they put it in a bottle. And like all of that is confusing for me. Um, uh, who is like, you know, doing juice 24 seven. So there's just a lot of different variations of this industry. Um, there's a lot of people that come in from California who want a, um, a juice made right in front of them. And they think that that's what a cold pressed juice is when really what they mean is like a fresh pressed juice made, made to order. So there's just a lot of communication that naturally happens. I think when you're talking to the guest about what, you know, what machine you're using and what it does and what it does to shelf life and what it does to fiber. Um, and, and we obviously talk a lot about the benefits of the juice. We, we, we call out the benefits of each ingredient on our menu and on signage in the store. But um, other than that, we just talk a lot about the actual machine. Um, and we do like, a, it's almost like a kitchen, open kitchen door policy. So I don't know. When I'm in the shop, probably three or four times a week, people are be so interested about what's happening in the back of the house that I'll just take them through there and show them the press actually running. Mm. Um, and they're just fascinated by that. So if you're building out a juice bar and you have the ability to, to have an open window into your kitchen, I think that just that visual is so important for guests. So something I would definitely consider. Yeah. So mm. it sounds like what you're saying is it's more about actually taking the time to educate, not just handing yes. them like... A brochure or yes. something that tells it, but actually explaining right. to them, showing them the juice machine, talking about the differences. Yes. I don't have that in a brochure. The only brochures I really have are takeaways or obviously menus that they can take with them, or I have cleanse instructions and cleanse, um, like the, the differences in all of my cleanses, which those will come as deliverables on the holiday cleanse package. If you're interested in that, I'll actually give you a downloadable um, order form for your cleanses and um, cleanse instructions for your guests that you can slap your logo on. It's the actual one that I use in my juice bar. Um, other than that, you know, we've really gotten away in the past couple of years from a lot of printed materials because everything is really just 
so focused on Instagram and social media. Our website used to be something we would update all the time. Really now we don't update it that much unless it's images or products that we're selling. Um, because everybody just, when they want to look you up and want to know more about you, they just look on your, on your social media. So we've really just been focusing there. I, I think like the biggest challenge, you know, is people are that drink juice, you know, they're more familiar now than ever, you know, mm-hmm. the difference of cold press, but the challenge is people that think they know juice are not familiar with cold press, mm. you know, people that drink the the supermarket HPP juice and think they realize it. I, I think a really fascinating thing that uh, I was able to experience firsthand is working with grocery stores, you know, mm-hmm. and there's some markets that have a huge demand because grocery stores, they know everything about uh, people's habits of what they like or not. And being able to build out some programs in these stores. So you're in an area that, a lot of the customers aren't familiar with juice or raw cold pressed juice and being able to experience like giving out samples to people and seeing everyone's experience was, it was insane. I would say giving out samples of fresh raw cold pressed juice to the average uh, grocery store shopper in those, those markets, we've actually done it. it. It was like, I don't like carrots. I hate carrots. I hate kale. I hate, all this juice and they try it and they're like, wow, that's, that's insane. You know? And I would say it it sounds like an inflated number, but like 50% of the time people try to sample, they bought a juice there, you know? So the challenge I think is definitely educating or showing people that not all juice is the same, Mm -hmm. you know? And how do we do that? You know, (laughs) it's, it's like there, uh, there is that, yeah no I think you're exactly right. There's that moment where someone tastes the cold pressed juice for the first time. They didn't think they'd like it, and they taste it and like, wow, this is really good. And they that may be the moment where you start them on this journey of being healthy and improving their life. So I think it's so important that we give people good tasting juice, you know. And also, what's very important for people to understand is that eating a carrot does not taste as good as drinking real cold-pressed carrot juice because like a real good nature cold press, you grind it up and that bitter skin, the outside of it stays in the press bag and you're just pressing out the juice, which on carrots is actually quite sweet. So you're getting that sweet carrot juice, which is, it tastes like the good part of a carrot without that bitter skin. Ari, you worked a lot with grocery stores. You've, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Cause I mean, mislabeling over the years, you know, it just kind of built up this, uh, you know, projected image of what juice is, you know, but, uh, yeah, grocery stores, it's, it's amazing. It's an amazing thing for sure. Just to be able to have that market. And it's, it's really the industry is, it's so impressive. The grocery store market, because they're, they're a huge operation, you know, so it's so slow moving. You know, and and it's tough to be current uh, in general, you know, and the fact that they're they're looking at cold press, raw juice, building up programs inside their operations is is really impressive. Mm -hmm. 
I think it starts with training your staff too. I mean, I had a client call today asking about the same thing, you know, and it's, it really, when I first opened, I was so focused about educating the consumer because I opened in 2015 in Greenville, South Carolina, which is, you know, really known in the land of like meat and threes, right? And so even the idea of a juice was was an uphill battle and having to explain what it was and then why it was the price and what, you know, what the benefit of it was. And I focused so much on the consumer that a lot of the time, I guess, because I was in the shop so much, I neglected to train my staff at the very beginning. Um, and then we started really, as we got a little bit more robust, really implementing a training um, program for our staff and our associates, because you're not going to be in the store all the time. And I think that's so important because if you're really just from an operations standpoint, if you just got somebody at the front of the counter checking out a juice um, you, to whatever bottle they bring to you, you ring them up and you send them on their way, um, then that's what's going to be on your ticket. But if you've got somebody there who's educated, who's willing to pour out samples, who's willing to talk about what their favorite juice is and why, you, you will increase almost every single sale from a one unit juice bottle to a three or four, maybe even a six pack, because if they're buying three or four, you might as well go ahead and sell them a six pack. So um, it's just really important, I think, as important to, to educate your consumer as it is to educate your staff. All right. I think we're going to wrap it up. Thank you once again, Ari and Livia, for a great episode. Thanks for chatting with my old man. And, yeah, uh, awesome. and, <laughs> I hope everybody has a great weekend. Peace out. Thanks, guys. Ciao. Some fun. There is nothing greater than Fridays at Good Nature.